or some reflections together on the first foundation of awareness, that of body. Our true body, if we use that kind of language, the home of awareness, the resting place of that which animates our life. Our true body is the body of life, edgeless, limitless, all-inclusive, indefinable. And that's what our sense of body grows into more and more. A limitless, indefinable sense of our place, of being at home in. Our conventional experience tends to, uh, our conventional experience of body tends to to be defined in a few different ways. What I'm going to call, in the way I'm speaking about it today, three different bodies. And one has to hold the word body loosely, right? I'm not pointing to three different things when I say three bodies, but rather three distinct aspects of the way we tend to create and maintain and reinforce our sense of bodily life, our sense of self, self as body. And so the first one is our physical body. And that's the easiest to recognise, right? It's the most concrete in our experience. You all know what I mean when I say your physical body, right? I hope. It's the easiest to define because we can see it and we can make a kind of easy distinction between where it is and where it isn't. All of this seems kind of obvious because the physical body is tangible. And we tend to, actually, it's so easy to recognise a physical body that we tend to think that's it. That's what we mean when we say body. My body. It's clear, this is is it. What the hell else is he going to talk about? And then we might say with this kind of body and the way that makes up of a huge amount of what we what uh, we at least consciously think about being body, what we can do skillfully or unskillfully with body. We tend to fall into two kinds of unhelpful patterns with physical body. One is the pattern of obsessing. Right? Obsessing about what I eat, obsessing about what I look like, obsessing about uh, the clothes I wear, the size or shape or look that I have, etc. 
and the, the extremes of that obsessing, in the way that, for instance, cosmetic surgery among very, very young people even is growing at a very fast rate. That's one of the symptoms of the way we can obsess around physical bodies. And then the other kind of pattern we usually get into around body is uh, rejecting or neglecting, eating badly, not exercising, having a kind of uh, sort of ignore it and it might go away kind of attitude to body. As if it's kind of this annoying thing. So rather than obsessing around trying to sort of perfect it, as if that were possible, instead we're kind of trying to forget about it, not deal with it, ignore it. And healthy approach to body is to care for body, neither obsessing nor rejecting. Right? To care for the body's health, to eat more or less well, to take exercise that we need to stay in shape. It's a kind of attitude, really, that's <clears throat> a respectful attitude and a caring attitude and a gentle attitude. And all of that's quite simple, right? That's not some kind of profound spiritual practice in there. Because we're talking about the aspect of body that's the most simple, the most recognisable. And yet, even with the aspect of spirit of uh, physical body, there's it seems to be infinite, actually, the, the deepening of what it means just to have a caring and respectful attitude to body. It can be, and it tends to be our experience as we deepen in practice, that just to walk can be an act of really caring for body of experiencing a gentleness with regard to body. As awareness of physical body deepens, we notice much more easily when there are tension patterns, when we're being tight in some way. And then wisdom more and more naturally arises to soften that tension. So the experience of physical body becomes more and more fluid, more and more free. Even if the condition of the physical body might not be like that. I was, I was sick on Friday night. I vomited in the night. I don't really know why. I didn't eat anything differently than people around me had eaten. And then Saturday I had a temperature and a fever. So it wasn't at all a pleasant experience of body. Right? The condition of body wasn't at all pleasant. And you had the sense of just attuning to what's happening and taking care of body means that the sense of a fluid relationship with body, a free relationship with body, can continue to deepen and deepen. And then there's what uh, we might call the image body. What I mean by that is the way we tend to view our bodies. The way I think about body. Image body is like the sum total of all the 
the ways I was encouraged to think about myself when I was younger. You know? For instance, if we're told a lot when we're young, you know, you're too fat, or you're too thin, or you're too uh, weak, or you're too something else. Right? That, that tends to go in. And a lot of our sense, as well as just the sort of truth of our physical body, a lot of our sense of body comes from the image we have of how our body is. And, usually, and that's, uh, you know, the more, <clears throat> the more caught up we are in an image of our body, the more distorted it tends to be. So some of us, for example, you know, end up internalizing that image of constantly feeling that to be, we have an image of our body which is a wrong, uh, an image of wrongness. The sense that I'm too much something. Oh, I'm too tall, or I'm too short, or I'm too fat, or I'm too thin. And the image may be way off from the truth. Again, you can see the extreme forms of that in something like anorexia. Or persisting in the belief that I'm too big. When actually the reality is of very being very thin. I uh, had a friend who got that message very much when he was young of being, being told he was weedy. Weedy, puny, weak, too small. And he took up uh, bodybuilding. But it didn't, he didn't really work with the image. So he was trying to do something with his physical body and he got bigger and bigger and bigger. But still the image body was of being weak. And sometimes he would uh, lift weights so much that he couldn't lift the telephone to his ear. Literally. Because he was, uh, worked so much. Hello. <laughs> and even when the physical evidence of that was there that he couldn't lift the phone, still the image, the body image was of being thin. And if we had more time, I would get you to do an exercise of drawing the way you look to yourself. And even if you feel like you have no drawing skill at all, it's very interesting to do that, that kind of an exercise. So I invite you, if you feel like it, in the time after lunch, for example, to draw the, the image you have of yourself and see what, what you notice about it. Some of us have a very unfavorable image of ourselves. Like I was saying just now, the sense of something being, being wrong with us. You know? We're worried about the size of our nose. And then if we draw ourselves, we draw with a kind of enormous nose that we think sticks out terribly. But, but, but it's not really true. Some of us, it goes the other way. We have an image of ourselves as kind of young and strong and fit. And, and then we notice in the mirror... Oh. <laughs> disappointing actually the reality <laughs> some of us have an age image of ourselves which is you know a couple of decades out of date 
third body we might uh, describe as what Eckhart Tolle calls the pain body. So if the image body is the accumulated views and ideas about ourselves, the pain body is the accumulated unresolved emotion. The griefs and the pains and the losses and the traumas and the confusions and the hurts and the aggressions that we haven't really given the space in awareness to free up. And they're stored bodily as tension patterns. We might call it the energetic body. A lot of the discomfort in meditation practice is the, the energetic body kind of revealing itself to us. The very nature of the fact that, the, the, that those emotions and past uh, events are unresolved means that the energetic body is usually kind of hidden from us. But when we just sit in the rather naked way that we do in meditation. Part of what meditation does in terms of awareness of the body is it reveals where those tensions are. And some of the classic places we feel it is tension in shoulders, neck, back. And often we think, oh, I've got, I need another cushion or there's something wrong with my posture. Right? But actually, sitting in meditation, you're not putting any strain on your shoulders. And yet, sometimes a lot going on in the shoulders. Also, pelvis <coughs> and thighs. There's a lot of ways in which we have held ourselves. We hold those difficult experiences, those unresolved emotions. We tend to hold them like that. And in the invitation of meditation to just be with body as it is, those holdings start to unwind, start to unfold, start to move. And the way they tend to move is the clearest usual sign is with a lot of heat, heat, density, pressure in legs or back or neck or wherever it is, or head. And some of you were speaking about that a little this morning. <clears throat> and we'll continue to explore it. But as much as possible, and I know it's hard, because I've sat there with lots of it, like all of you have done and are doing. But as much as possible, the more you can be gentle with and just allow it to kind of burn itself up. You don't necessarily know what it is, what past hurt it is that's burning itself up. But we find that there's something that gets a lot more open and uh, more spacious and lighter in terms of our experience of body as we allow the energetic body to free up. And we notice the effects of that more and more in physical body. It's just a more, yeah, lighter, freer place to be. 
So as we take care of in different ways, but as we practice awareness of body through the caretaking of physical body, image body, energetic body, or another way of speaking about it rather than making so many bodies, as we take care of these different ways in which we construct the sense of body, then increasingly that sense of body resolves itself more and more into the body of life. A sort of the body of life meaning a sense of body that doesn't require the usual reference points that we're used to applying to physical body. The body of life isn't referenced by time or space or self. The body of life is wide open and all-inclusive. Edgeless, like I said earlier. It's one of my favourite words to describe body, edgeless. If the edgelessness of body doesn't make sense to you, it's because one's stuck in a view of physical body. But even as you sit here, right, if you think in terms of conventional physical body, then you'll say, well, there's a body up at the front who's speaking, and then sound is going through the air, and then there's a body over here who's hearing, and the, this is the hearing is going on in the body. And you can probably, if you're a little bit scientifically minded, dredge up some biology to support that view. And that's totally appropriate. Biology is the study of physical body. Right? Or anatomy, maybe. But if we don't rely on that for a moment, if we just sense into the body of life, then as you hear my voice, can you actually find an edge? Can you actually find the edge of the sound of my voice? Can you find the edge of where that stops and where your hearing begins? Or is your experience actually edgeless? When you feel the contact of your skin with the air around you, Right? If you don't rely on your idea, on the image body, if you don't rely on the, <clears throat> the, the, the visual sense of your physical body, isn't your experience actually edgeless? Meditation invites us to trust this edgelessness. An edgelessness of bodily experience wherein we're not separate from anything. Wherein all of life arises in a kind of intimacy, in a closeness.
so close that it dissolves space. So immediate that it dissolves time. So inclusive and non-separate that it dissolves self. This is the direction of practicing awareness of body. And initially, it seems like hard work. It seems like hard work to be aware of body because, well, I've been trying it this morning and I... Uh, and mind keeps going off, right? attention keeps going off to something else. And every time it goes off to something else, when I get caught up in basically in time and space and self, I get caught up in a sense of past and future, a sense of here and there. That's what all of our the stories we tell ourselves reinforce. When I get caught up in a sense of self and other, me and you, this and that, before and after. When I reinforce time and space and self, then I see how much I do that. And the idea of being aware of body like all the time, are you nuts? <laughs> Seems at least like very hard work, if not completely impossible. But what we start to notice is that actually... Abiding in awareness, abiding as the body of life in which all of experience is unfolding, happens by itself. Like we've said, awareness is already here. What we start to notice, what I invite you to notice, is that actually what's really hard work is constantly creating an inner and an outer, a here and a there, a self and an other. Constantly creating edges where actually there are none. That's hard work. Being responsible for all the edges in your life. Wow. And that our practice of letting go is just that. It's a letting go of the edges, letting go of the hard work. And we start to see that what initially seemed like hard work, because I was trying to pull my attention to awareness, we start to recognize more and more, oh, awareness is already here. The hard work is everything that goes in the other direction. And that in each outbreath, oh, I can drop the work of that. I can soften the construction, the idea, the constant reinforcing of time and space and self. That's the invitation, that's the direction 
of our practice. Awareness of body. As it shows up, showing up as physical body, as images about body, as the uh, stored tension patterns of body. So they can self-liberate, so that they can resolve themselves into knowing our place right here as the body of life. So I'd like us to do a short dialogue exercise together just to explore body, however it's appearing right now. So I've laid out this kind of map, right, of possibility. But don't try to put yourself anywhere particular on that map. Just see where you are. The exercise is an invitation to see where you are. And the way we'll do that is by just uh, repeating to each other, right now, what I'm, right now, I'm aware, and then you complete the sentence. Right now, I'm aware of the warmth of my body as I sit here, and the fact that it's kind of nice, but it's just going a little bit beyond comfortably warm. Right now, I'm aware that as I speak about the warmth of my body, my sense of body just gets a little stronger and clearer. And actually now as I'm even speaking about it, like a sense of really of my consciousness just sort of filling the space of being here. Right now I'm aware as I open my eyes of the tendency to define physical body as being across space from you all. And yet the kind of... Uh, contrast between that and the edgelessness of experience. Right now I'm aware, etc, etc. So there's no right answer. It's sometimes an exercise like this is called meditation out loud. Meditation out loud. In other words, just the same sense of just of exploring awareness of body, but naming it moment after moment. It may be that one, you're aware of something, and then you're aware of something else. It may be that you, as you're aware of one thing, that the very pointing to it with awareness opens that up and becomes an inquiry of different layers and subtlety of experience. So we'll do that in uh, groups of three, right? and we'll just take five minutes each for one person to speak and the other two to listen. And as a listener, you're basically doing the same practice inwardly, attuning to bodily reality in this moment, and giving a real quality of listening to your own experience and to what's being said. We might notice in attuning simultaneously to body here and body here, 
we might have a sense of the edgelessness of our experience. So is that clear in the way I described it? So you'll sit in a group of three. I'll do the timing. And uh, we'll just take five minutes each just to complete over and over that phrase. Right now I'm aware, etc. So just turn to some uh, people nearby you and get into a group of three. Is anybody not in a group of three? Maybe just put, raise your hand if you're in anything other than three. What have you got over there? You've got a four and a one? Okay, so why don't you, we can have two groups of four. So, uh, Barbara, if you join an English-speaking group, that's already three. And, j'ai oublié ton prénom, mais si tu te rejoignes avec un groupe de trois, francophone. So, I just want to check, if you're in a group of four, do you have some way of timing yourselves? Do what, does one of you have a watch? Yeah, great. So if you're in a group of four, do your own timing and take four minutes each. So just see who's going to speak first. Take a moment before you begin to just really sense yourself sitting here. So that you're beginning the exercise in as clear and grounded awareness of body as possible. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.